Good morning and welcome back. I hope you had a restful and worshipful weekend. Today we pick up where we left off in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 11 through 13. Throughout 1 Corinthians, Paul has been contrasting the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. We saw in an earlier lesson that Eve disregarded the wisdom of God and listened instead to the serpent. But that sin is not unique to Eve. God says this to the prophet Jeremiah about the nation of Judah. This wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and have gone after other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. The wickedness of Judah was that they refused to listen to the word of God. But Paul's tactic in 1 Corinthians has not been to condemn the wickedness of those who do not listen to God, but rather to show the surpassing value of embracing God's wisdom. In our last devotional, we heard that the Spirit of God has been gracious to us by revealing God to us through the Word. In the passage before us today, Paul will say more about the work of God's Spirit. Listen now as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11-13. through 13. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The first thing Paul says is not at all controversial but it emphasizes the point he is trying to make. We could rephrase what Paul said in this way. No one knows you as well as you know you. There are probably people in your life that know you pretty well. It could be a spouse or a friend you've had since grade school, but they don't know everything. They don't know your every thought. You may share a lot, but there are things you keep to yourself. They don't know every memory or fear, and they can't grasp how every experience has shaped you. The one who knows the most about you is you. The same is true for God, but it is magnified because we are talking about God. If my wife or friend can't know everything about me, how is it possible for anyone to even begin to understand the mind of God? But just as the Spirit within us knows everything about us, so too the Spirit of God knows everything there is to know about God. Now, if that's all there were to the story, if Paul was just giving us that truth so that we can know it, it wouldn't mean all that much to us. But the Spirit, which knows the thoughts of God, has been given to us that we might freely understand what God has given. That doesn't mean we have a comprehensive knowledge of God. There are lots of things God has not revealed. Christian maturity means being content in not knowing what God has not chosen to reveal. But what we do know, we know truly and absolutely. God does not change, and his word is true. Thus, what God tells us through his word and spirit is 100% trustworthy. And that spirit that knows the mind of God has been sent to indwell us. That being the case, you can understand Paul's confusion with the Corinthians. God's word is true. The spirit of God who knows the mind of God and indwells believers and testifies to the truthfulness of God's revelation and yet the Corinthians choose to ignore the word of God in favor of following after the wisdom of the age. We may want to stand in judgment of those silly Corinthians, but we do the same thing. Paul is speaking to us just as much as he is speaking to them. 
Paul ends this section by reminding the Corinthians that it was this word that came from the Spirit who knows the mind of God that was delivered to them. Paul gave them wisdom that the world cannot know. It is spiritual, meaning it is not something apprehended by the senses. And they were still choosing to listen to the wisdom of the world. You can see why God told Jeremiah that those who did not listen were wicked. We have a couple of minutes left, so in the time that we have left, I want us to look at a couple of other passages of Scripture that relate to the work of the Spirit within us. The first is a prayer Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. This would be a good prayer for each of us and for the whole school. The second is a wonderful promise about how the indwelling Spirit of God helps our weakness. Here is the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. And as we contemplate whether or not we're going to listen to the wisdom of God or the wisdom of the world, this prayer is a good prayer for us to pray. Paul says this, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul understood that believers have the mind of Christ. But he also knew that believers struggle against sinful desires that wage war against their mind. It is for this reason that Paul offers this prayer for them. Notice what Paul wants for the believers in Ephesus, and by extension for us, that they and we would gain wisdom from God's revelation of himself, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling, that we would grasp the riches of the inheritance we have in Christ, that we would see his power at work, and he reminds them that this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He is praying that the mind of Christ would be active in them, and he prays that prayer for us as well. I encourage you to meditate on those truth, truths and offer that same prayer to God. And I want to close our study by looking at one more promise related to the work of the Spirit in us. In my opinion, this is one of the most comforting and beautiful promises in all of Scripture. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27, Paul says this, In the same way the Spirit helps our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. When we don't know how to pray, the Spirit helps our weakness and intercedes for us. Have there been any times lately when you didn't know how to pray? If you are like me, you can think of lots of times. Take heart in those times the Spirit who indwells you and knows the mind of God 
interceded for you. And those prayers were not dispassionate. Paul describes describes them as wordless groans. We don't hear it, but the Spirit of God prayed deeply for us. But it goes even further. When the Spirit prays, He prays according to the will of God. As we entrust ourselves to God, He is at work for our good. We may desperately want to know the will of God in a particular circumstance. Take heart. God knows. And His Spirit is praying for His will to be done in us. We might not know, but we can trust. As we go into our time of prayer this morning, the Geneva Community Life has asked me to ask you to pray with them. Every year they pray for the faculty and staff, and I can tell you as a faculty member, it is a great encouragement getting a note in my box from the GCL telling me that they've prayed for me. This year they are asking the entire community to join in and pray for five to six faculty or staff members every week. This week, the faculty and staff are Debbie Wheeler, Hilary Short, Julie Olson, Emily Bain, and Melissa Hayek. Please pray for these faculty members this week. And after we pray, I encourage you to go to the GSB Devotional Hymn Playlist on Spotify and listen to How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Join me now as we pray. Father, we thank you for your provision. We thank you that when we don't know how to pray, your Spirit who knows your mind intercedes for us with wordless groans. And Father, we sometimes struggle with whether or not to listen to the wisdom of the world or listen to the wisdom that you have revealed to us through your word. I pray that you would give us grace and that you would give us faith to listen to your word. Father, I thank you for the faculty and the staff here at Geneva. I thank you for their commitment to you, for their commitment to the students and their families and this community. Today, Father, I want to lift before you Debbie Wheeler, Hilary Short, Julie Olson, Emily Bain, and Melissa Hayek. You know each, you know what they need, you know the encouragement that they need, you know where they need to be strengthened, you know everything. And so, Father, I lay them before you and ask you to work and intercede in their lives. And we pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.